Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the New Grace podcast series in the know. I am your host, Patrick. Dr. Sullivan will be rolling in here a little bit later. He's got some appointments this morning. Uh, so what we want to do with this series is just be a very informal discussion um, about what's going on with grace here in the U.S., what's going on with grace in Thailand, and also what's going on in the human trafficking world. Um, so we, we've been pushing a lot of stuff out over the years through social media and uh, in, in newsletter form, and that's going to continue. This is just going to be a different way. You can uh, keep up to date with Grace. Uh, this will be available through uh, Spotify, through your Amazon Alexa, uh, through your Amazon Dot, and through iTunes. So we're really excited about this. We're going to be able to bring in some people, uh, have some interviews. And so it's, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be really informative. We're about spreading awareness here. We're going to be having a lot going on um, here in the future with our disaster relief. This is going to be a good way where we can just kind of disseminate information and, and give reports about what we've done in the field. First thing to talk about, uh, though, is is what happened in August in the state of Georgia uh, with the, the human trafficking operation that the U.S. Marshals did and, and the kids that were rescued and the arrests that were made. If you're not aware or you didn't really hear about it, uh, it wasn't in the news cycle too long because it's 2020 and the news cycle is like 12 hours. But uh, here we go. This happened uh, back in mid-August. The FBI rescues dozens of children, including some right here in Metro Atlanta, who were caught up in the sex trade business. Yeah, the nationwide operation called Operation Cross Country spanned three days, and it led to over 100 arrests. This afternoon, developing at five, more than two dozen children are now safe. They were all part of a sex trafficking bust involving state and federal agents. And if you think this is not happening where you live, this bust was across 20 counties. Now to a story that has been trending online all day. Dozens of missing children rescued in Georgia during a sweeping sex trafficking bust. This was a two-week operation that netted a handful of arrests. Yeah, so a two-week operation in the metro Atlanta area netted dozens of kids saved uh, and a handful of trafficking arrests. And this is nothing new. Uh, In the past few years, we've seen... Um, a Cobb County District Attorney uh, filed suit against a, a hotel down in Cobb County for essentially being a hotbed for criminal activity and knowingly allowing it to happen on their property. Um, a lot of trafficking cases have come out of there. So we're, we're dealing with an area that is uh, just oversaturated with uh, trafficking issues. And whenever we have a disaster or we have an emergency, if, if it's a hurricane in Brunswick or if it's a, a tornado and Ringgold, uh, those who were already vulnerable become hyper vulnerable. And then you have the, the group of people who never really saw themselves in a situation where they would be vulnerable. And then overnight they become at risk. And so things that we're going to be talking about are what Grace is looking at doing here in the U.S., uh, the collaboration we have with the GBI and the CJCC, the um, Criminal Justice Coordinating Council, and what we're looking at putting together so that when something happens, we have a team in place, we have volunteers in place where we can dispatch to these locations to get ahead of this and spread awareness and try to identify those who are at risk. Um but like I said, this isn't a this isn't just something that happened in August. Uh, a very scary situation happened in Town Center Mall uh, back in 2018, and um, it's just if you're not familiar with it, it, w- it was a girl that was going into a bathroom, 11 years old. Her dad was waiting right outside the bathroom door at the mall. A little girl is attacked in a mall bathroom. Cobb County police say a man who was hiding in a stall came after her with a knife. Now, thanks to the girl's dad and other shoppers, police say they have their man tonight, but they're now looking for a woman 
who may have been with him. Uh, Fox Five's Denise Dillon is live in Cobb County tonight. So there you go, uh, a mall that we've all been to. Dr. Sullivan's here right now. Say hello. Hello, everybody. So that's, uh, I know we got a lot of people up in New England and up the East Coast who are part of Grace who probably aren't familiar with Town Center, but the majority of us are. Um, we've, we've walked that hallway. We went to that bathroom at the food court. And to think that that little girl, she might have not have been vulnerable. Before that, she was just a little 11-year-old girl going right. to the bathroom, and her dad was outside the mm -hmm. door. Wrong place at the wrong time. And you cannot go to that mall without there being a cluster of teenagers outside the parking lot or inside the food court. It doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday at 1 p.m. or if it's the weekend because that's just what teenagers do. So that's the, the industry has got such a stranglehold here that even those who may not have been traditionally vulnerable are vulnerable just by their presence. Um, so what, what we're looking at is, I guess I want to ask, is what does trafficking here in the U.S., how does it look? different than it does in Thailand because we know that there's a baseline of vulnerability that comes with poverty and mm -hmm. and stuff like that but what how does things look different here in the US when it comes to trafficking mm -hmm. well uh, you're right Patrick there is this kind of general baseline across the board that poverty and illiteracy uh, create this atmosphere <clears throat> of vulnerability that uh, that opens the door for traffickers, makes us subject to being trafficked. And so I think a lot of that is the same whether you're in Southeast Asia or whether you're here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then in the area where we've been discussing and talking about that of disaster relief, uh, there's some different things that come into play there. That, that's kind of a unique situation. Right, and so... Um we got a newsletter that's rolling out where we did an article about what's going on here in the U.S., but we'll touch about it briefly here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my my time as a as Atlanta police officer, you kind of make some connections, and one of those uh, was I was able to reach out to uh, was Agent Green with the uh, the GBI task force and discussing with her what our, our idea is with disaster relief with the trafficking undertone, and she jumped on board with it mm -hmm. um, because. Right now, when you have state vendors who are there for disaster relief, yeah, their their primary function is to get just basic supplies that are for life to these people who just went through uh, a terrible situation. That's what we would be doing, but also with the uh, objective of spreading awareness of trafficking to those who are in a disaster or an mm -hmm. emergency. Mm -hmm. um, like we said, it doesn't matter if it's a, a tornado in Ringgold or a hurricane in Brunswick and then uh, identifying possible victims. Mm -hmm. So, Right, that's the main focus. That's the main focus of the work there. Right, and and we, with, uh, with Agent Green, what we're looking at doing is becoming a certified state vendor uh, where we work with the GBI task force and going in these areas um, because once a disaster hits, you know, they shut the roads down. The only people who are in are, are service providers. And so what this allows us to do is get in these areas that uh, service providers are at and that the traffickers have infiltrated and get there before them, get there at the same time as these traffickers, and it's just going to become a battle of information mm -hmm. with these people on the ground. Um, so what's really interesting is when that came about, we were told, yes, we want you to be a state vendor. We want to work with you. You had to be certified through the CJCC. That's the Criminal Justice Coordinating Council. And in order to do that, you have to do a good bit of training. We reached out to them. They got us registered, and I'm right now in that victim assistance training. 
um, and it's going pretty quickly. And then they reach out to us and say, hey, we have a trafficking task force. It's not law enforcement based. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's victim assistance centered. Mm -hmm. It's centered around the victim. Mm -hmm. um, we want y'all uh, to consider joining our group six because we have a group that they serve as foreign born victims here in the U.S. So a U.S. Mm -hmm. traffic victim who's from a foreign country and uh, when he was looking at our case file, uh, the director at CJCC, he saw that Grace had a lot of stuff going on in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And they don't have anybody in that group six who can represent uh, or who has experience working with that specific group of people. And so now, in, in just a matter of months, we're looking at uh, collaborating with the GBI, becoming a state vendor for their ta uh, human trafficking task force, and now joining the CJCC Group 6, where we will be providing direct services to victims who have been rescued. So mm -hmm. we've got a lot going on, and with the stories that we've uh, we've heard today, some are recent, weeks old, and some are about two years old. It's happening, it's been happening, and it's it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, you know, you got a story coming out of Minneapolis about the... Uh, the, the Texas woman who was just arrested and sentenced to 12 years in prison who was coercing dozens of girls from Bangkok to come to the U.S. on false pretenses mm -hmm. and then they were trafficked for commercial sex. Mm -hmm. And so this is um, this is something because you're looking at two folds, those who are always operating in the trafficking industry and then those who become uh, vulnerable, like I said, overnight when the disaster emergency hits. Think about the people in Gatlinburg when those when those fires hit. You know that was that wouldn't be a particular area where you would think a lot of those people may be vulnerable. Um, and then that fire hits, they're displaced. Some may not have had fire insurance, and now what do they do? You've got kids who've run away, and so it just opens up a Pandora's box of problems. Mm -hmm. And so something that we're we're excited about is we're we we're still in Thailand. Our our uh, family resource centers and my. <laughs> Are, are doing a great job and Thailand has made some uh, legislative changes which has really kind of kept us from being over there as much as we want outside of the COVID issues you've got their uh, their bank uh, legislation where they're wanting us to keep thirty thousand dollars in a in an account that's uh, not, not uh, what's the, the not um Yes, unsecured. Unsecured. So that, that literally, the Thai government could wake up tomorrow and decide, hey, you violated this, and bam, that money's gone. Right. But we're able to get money to them, like we always have, through uh, through bank transfers and the Bank of Bangkok and all that. Mm -hmm. So you see how the legislation that's going on in Thailand is now affecting their economy. Uh, the, 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 the squeezing that they have put on uh, foreign organizations even nonprofits have now had a direct result with their tourism even before COVID hit mm -hmm. COVID hit COVID now has hit and tourism is zeroed out for months now mm -hmm. with a, a country whose GDP was 25% tourism mm -hmm. and now what are our kids looking at and what are the kids families looking at because if I'm not wrong I would say every child had a parent that worked in the tourism business that's right in our program uh, in the child sponsorship program in Thailand, most all of uh, the parents of the children worked in that tourist industry in, in some fashion, mm. whether it's hotel, restaurant, street vendor, uh, something along that line. So everyone was affected. Yeah. And we're hoping, uh, the news coming out of Thailand, is that they're going to start easing restrictions. <clears throat> 
That's what I've, I've already had people contact me wanting to know when they can get right. back to Thailand. We're setting some tentative dates, yeah. but there's a lot of things that are just not, um, we're just not sure about. Yeah, it's, it's been sad not being able to go over there. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you got you who was there for three years, and mm-hmm. obviously I was there a month, but it gets in you. Mm-hmm. You know, those people getting and not being able to go over there and just outside of, of, of helping in the work, just seeing the people. The people are great. The yeah. people are, are really drew us in. Our staff is wonderful. They're doing a great job. We're completely staffed by Thai people and uh, the staff and the children. I mean, that's what we're, what we're there for. And now for over a year now, we haven't been able to go back because, first of all, like you said, the, uh, the immigration issues and now COVID. So we're hoping, we're looking for some uh, for some restrictions to be lifted as we uh, inch closer to 2021. Yeah, and it's so, I don't know, it, it's so weird to have so many projects and so many things primed, ready to go mm-hmm. here and at Thailand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about our internship program at Georgia Highlands. Right, that's really exciting to me uh, on, on multiple levels. But, yeah, it's something you have worked on, and come first of the year, we should be having some interns come through. Yeah, so we're looking at having interns here that, um, that are interested in our work, that uh, hopefully will put together a much better podcast uh, editing than I will be doing. But uh, the secondary thing was the externship. Uh, we had the, uh, mm. the director of the nursing program at Georgia Highlands that we were kind of talking to about they're having uh, not the not the the easiest time placing uh, interns right now in their nursing program, and so we discussed an externship that may last two weeks, where a group of nursing students travel to Patia and to Karat, mm-hmm. and they go and they provide basic medical care mm-hmm. to our kids and their families as a part of their right. their externship, and that is something that is really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, and that really fits in with the child sponsorship program because child sponsorship uh, includes educational, nutritional, and wellness mm-hmm. support. So this fits right into the mission of the organization. So it's almost like that the second that green line hits, mm-hmm. we've got we've got teams that have been talking to us ready to go back to Thailand. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go back to Thailand, mm-hmm. and we've got new things that are popping off over mm-hmm. there. And it's just a a matter of uh, when it's going to be safe to do so. Um, yes, we, we yeah, have... you're right. So much has developed <clears throat> even in the past year, uh, and it's uh, it's really exciting. And because of the, our listeners out there who have uh, given financially, who have helped in some way, volunteered on multiple levels, uh, you're the reason this uh, this keeps churning. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it always seems it may may not seem big to the person giving or to, or to just the the average person listening. But man, when we get um, any type of giving that we haven't forecasted, mm-hmm. it, it it is it is such a blessing because it, we know where that's going the second we get it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely! Throughout this year, as uh, we like everyone else has been dealing with the pandemic. Giving has fallen off yeah. a good deal, but in recent weeks we've seen some pick back up, and so that it's just necessary for the uh, uh, for the implementation of the mission for the mission to be carried out with with effectiveness. So it really takes all of us, and even with Patrick 
coming on. He's been with us for quite some time now, but he, he's looking at the whole organization with a different lens than maybe what we have in the past. And through that, some of, especially some of these things in the U.S. have been developed because of um, his vision, his initiative. Well, some, something that we want to continue looking at is um, while, while the U.S. is going to have a lot of new shiny projects, um, we, we have the child sponsorship in Thailand, which is what it's all about. Mm, it's it, kind it, of the bedrock. It impacts not only the kids, but when you factor their families, just hundreds and hundreds of people a month. Uh-huh. are impacted by the Family Resource Center, the work that Maya and our staff are doing, and the people here who are the reason that that sponsorship mm-hmm. even, even exists. Yeah, th- uh, things even as far as educational scores of the children, the vast improvement that uh, we have seen there, that is that has already been life-changing for so many of the families because when we show up there, when we originally showed up, I mean, you could just see so many of the children of the families were on their way to becoming just another statistic. Mm-hmm. But just that one, we could spend the afternoon talking about the educational aspect of, of grace and how that has changed the landscape of what, many, many families. Yeah, what, one of the first things that I really noticed whenever we, uh, whenever I went over there for that, that, that month was that the, the Family Resource Center, they had the grades, the GPAs mm-hmm. of the kids posted. And right. when, when looking at where they were before mm-hmm. and where they are now and how our kids are just... I, we, just consistently top of the class, top mm-hmm. half of the class. Mm-hmm. It um, that that not only is prideful for us, but it instills a pride in these kids that mm-hmm. that really they they may not be getting everywhere or anywhere else. Right. So often we found the the children were just defeated. Yeah. They were just defeated because they were not doing well in school. We have this this thing of generational illiteracy, generational poverty. Children come home from school needing help with homework. Mom and dad, maybe maybe they've had no education themselves and they really can't help with their uh, with their homework. And so that's where the great staff comes in in the afternoon after school program uh, to assist the kids. And it's really a learning environment that's made fun by our staff and is totally changed the landscape of so many of these homes. Yeah, uh, when you, for those who have been over there, they, they know this, but for those who haven't, the look on the kids' faces when they get to the facility, when you see them doing their activities and and just the way that they, they interact from the second they step foot to the second their parents pick them up, mm-hmm. it um, it's clear the impact it has. It's a, it's a family. It's uh, uh, the uh, many of the kids refer to the facility as the Grace School, but it's so much more than that. It really is a family where the staff care for the children and and the the parents, and in return we hear from the parents and what an impact the. Uh, the, the work has had on them uh, as a family. We've, we've seen because they've had, uh, to them, free after-school care, they're able to stay at work longer, they do better on their job, and the overall economic impact is, is really pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. In just a relatively short time, this, uh, this program has been in, in operation. Yeah, uh, considering it's, what, it was 2014? 
Yeah, we we uh, we actually Grace started in in 2012, but then we, yeah we uh, that was up and running in 2013, 14. Because I know it was a while that it, mm -hmm, it right before the Family Resource Center actually started. It was a monthly gathering of of the families and children for a monthly program, which then transitioned into the after-school program yeah. at, at and a then specific we, Yeah, and then the move that was made 2016 uh, yeah. with you and Angie going over there, and then it just went gangbusters mm -hmm. when y'all were over there getting right. it started. And, uh, I mean, you know, when we have people who, who make the, the journey over um, and they come back, that's being able to do something now with our organization in the U.S., we love we love people go making that trip to Thailand. It, it is a um, it is life altering. No matter how long you know, when I made my first trip, I had been a part of the organization essentially since 2012 when it started. Mm. But um, and still going over there uh, was eye opening. Even though I knew the stories, I knew the kids' names, I saw the pictures, um, and so now we have this opportunity with our U.S. where where you know if someone makes the trip over and they come back they can still stay involved with Grace because we're looking at volunteer roles uh, here in the U.S. with a disaster relief team, uh, with a supply drive team. Uh, we're going to have the, the uh, Grace uh, Trafficking Task Force that we'll be working with, uh, coordinated with, with the GBI, and that will come with specific training. But we're, we're going to have plenty of opportunities here for people to, to impact their community, to stay involved with Grace uh, because – you know, it's uh, not something I was too aware with, but once I really came on board and we looked at GuideStar and we looked at what the way that they they grade nonprofits and transparency and, you know, it's great. So, hey, like, Grace has a platinum seal of transparency and they've been, you know, Grace has, has been vetted in this and they've got this award for being vetted and this award for their financial work. Hey, that's that's all great and it doesn't may not seem like that big a deal to people until the director of a local nonprofit gets arrested for embezzling 10% mm -hmm. of their annual budget. Um, and so what we pride ourselves here is when people are involved with us, they know that their their financial giving goes to mm -hmm. what we do. And if, if they can physically jump on a plane, make that crazy flight to, uh, to Thailand, get off, and then step in where your money is going. Mm -hmm. And then here in the States, we're looking at you can be able to, on that supply drive team, we're going to be at locations uh, in and around our community where we will be uh, setting up tents and soliciting uh, donations, be it blankets or bottles of water. And while we do that, we're giving information about trafficking. And then that will be, uh, those supplies will be stockpiled in our storage facility in New Harley. Mm -hmm. And then when a disaster hits or when an emergency takes place, we're going to have our response team that involves drivers, volunteers who are going to be on the ground and get those people to that location to where they can get those uh, much needed supplies out of the families. And it's going to be a quick process. Um, it's not going to be something where when we dispatch a team, it's going to be three or four days down the road. We're looking at being there the second the GBI says right. y'all can get through. Right. And so, you know, to be able to have, because we've always had people who, who want to volunteer and want to help. And I, it just happened that our facilities, our operations were were all in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And now we have these opportunities here at home. So...
it's really exciting. Um, and I just, this podcast series is going to be able to keep people up to date with what's going on with Grace in the U.S., what's going on in Thailand. And like I mentioned before, a place to discuss these incidents that may hit the news cycle for a few hours and then bounce out gives us a place to uh, really have discussions about what's been going on in that industry and talking to uh, to local leaders about what's being done here in our own community. And because uh, I think I think Bartow County and Carswell has has a very good group. Um, the the public health department has been dealing so much uh, since since February with COVID. Um, that we, we really like to partner with our local organizations. Anything that we can do to help increase awareness um, and then kind of that collaboration mm-hmm. with local agencies is a very big deal. And um, your counseling here in Cartersville at, mm-hmm. uh, at Battlefield Counseling, which is where you were earlier, right. and uh, also in Rome. Mm-hmm. So what's your availability there for those who may be interested? Mm-hmm. Uh, we counsel Monday through Friday. We're, yeah. we're in the Cartersville office at 102 North Bartow Street, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then we are in the Rome office on Thursdays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Um, well, that, that'll be it for today with us. Um, we, we look forward to talking to you all again. Please... Uh, Keep in touch with us. Keep keep uh, keep following us on social media and through our newsletter. And we will be seeing y'all on the uh, the next episode. Have a good one. <laughs>